Welcome to the Examine Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about porn and purity. Brought to you by TripleXChurch.com. Here's your host, Brittany De La Mora. Thanks so much for tuning in to examine real and raw conversations about porn and purity. My name is Brittany Delamora and I'm so excited because today I have a dear friend who I've known for so many years. She is in the adult film industry. Her name is Lisa Ann and I'm so excited to have you a part of our show today so that you can share your story with us. You know, this is just so full circle because I can remember the day where I was your agent and watching your life change and you fell into this beautiful place that makes me so happy every time I see a post from you. And then you call to bring me into this project and I think, well, our relationship has now gone full circle. I know, it's amazing. And I think about how when I was in the adult film industry and you were a woman who was really there for me and that wasn't something that at that time I could appreciate because I had my own like hurt, my own pain with my relationship with my mother that's since thankfully been, you know, rekindled and she's one of my closest friends now, but you came in and you'd say like, Jenna, you don't have to do all of these scenes. Like you can actually have a no list and you would check in on me and you would ask me things like, you know, do you want to be working every day? Like you legitimately just had a mother's heart, a mentor's heart. And so I'm so grateful for you and grateful for the role that you played back then, even when I didn't recognize like how great of a woman you are and how great of a heart you have. Well, you know, when you think about what you want your legacy to be, I think about that a lot. And I think about just knowing that I've touched people's lives. And when I give advice, I don't expect an immediate return on that investment. And I tell friends, don't stop giving advice because it might be 10 years from now that this person reaches out to you on Facebook and says, I heard you. And it reminded me of what you said to me. Sure, you weren't ready for the information when it was given to you, but yeah. the seed was planted. Yeah. And... You know, when I thought about this interview, one of the things I've really realized over the past five years is I was fortunate to get into the business and live my life truly for experience. And so the joys of travel and the joys of doing all these different trade shows in Australia, and I just went to London and got to speak with Dr. Ruth and all these beautiful, fabulous things, the fruits of the labor have been there. But when it comes to the breakdown of the industry, it can be a very soul crushing experience. And you don't know what your chi is, which my chi was filling a passport and seeing the world, then it's dark. And it's not only dark, it's lonely, it's isolating, and it's filled with a really toxic level of narcissism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you fall into any weakness, and at the time when most girls get involved, they're 18, which is a very vulnerable time. And if you fall into any weakness at that time, it really is impossible to not get temporarily swallowed up. Yeah. Do you think that the age should change? Like I would as, love that. Yeah. You know, I think 21 is, is a much better idea. I mean, look how many girls get in at 18. Yeah. And by 20, want to get out. Yeah. And I think by 21, you could have more relationships, more friendships, more time to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't drink till you're 21 in this right. country. Yeah. You know, there's so many weird laws that I look at. I was speaking in England about fighting for the laws to really be more aggressive, which England is gonna be the first country, to really impose internet laws, where it's gonna go back to you have to be 18. There is gonna be facial recognition, coding put into adult websites. They're going to be blocking everyone on social media that puts hardcore content out there for the free world and the young people to see. And this is something that's really important to me because 
When I got in in the 90s, the distribution laws were really strict. You couldn't even ship a VHS to Florida. You couldn't do this. You know, I can remember wanting to go to a club and calling my distributor and saying, hey, can you send some movies? Like, no, we can't. We can't send movies there. I'm like, well, can I pack them in my suitcase? Like, no, you really can't. And here we are. The internet happens. And we just let this become such a free-for-all that it's not only done the negative thing but appealing to young people, right. but it's appealed to young people to get involved in the business right. because it shows it to be more glamorous mm-hmm. and more successful building that it ever will be. That's what won me over. I was 18 years old and I would see like the E! True Hollywood stories of different porn stars and I'm like, I want that life. I want to be glamorous. I want the big hair, the makeup. And then I got in and I was 18 and you don't get those kinds of shoots when you're 18. I had like pigtails and schoolgirl outfits and I'm like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. You know? Those Um, documentaries glamorized it to a point that was unrealistic as well. Yeah. They show the best of the best because they showed the movies from the 90s where every movie was glamour. No one put pigtails on young girls in the 90s. That was borderline inappropriate. You know, VHS had a much stricter distribution requirement, so people didn't take chances. And then when you got in, it was more like, oh, now we're in the reality age. We don't want you to really have any makeup on. No lashes. No nothing. You're like, I look like myself. (laughs) And you don't really want to look like yourself. You want to look like a little bit more glamorous version of yourself so that you have an identity, you know, based protection there. Yeah. So how have you seen the industry change um, since you've originally got in until now? Now what I see the most positive is there's so many applications now where talent can be making their own money. Mm -hmm. And these young people involved in the industry now, these young entrepreneurs are so powerful. They know how to edit. They know how to do clips. They know how to do this. You know, all these different things. And so I love that aspect of it. But what's happened with that awesome positivity for the talent to have control is less people want to be on set than ever because they've been burned so many times in the past or they've been on set for a 20 hour day. And Mm -hmm. so producers are telling me we can't get people to work right now. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, you know why? Because you sucked for years. Mm -hmm. And now a girl can just do her own stuff. She can go on webcam. She doesn't need you. Mm -hmm. But what I've seen from now to when I got into the business has definitely gotten darker yeah, and it's gotten more destructive. And I mean, when we got in in the nineties, I mean, you never shot an anal scene, right? You were a contract girl. You never did multiple guys. Yeah. You kn- they wanted to like preserve you. And now I meet girls and they're like three months in, I see them at exotic. They're like, oh, I've done DP. I've done double this. I'm like, You've saved nothing, right? and you've been convinced to do sexual acts that are private and intimate for a little bit more money, and that's not good. What does a good friendship look like to you, and how important is that for women in the industry to really be connected and to not isolate? It's very difficult in the business because I find everybody is very competitive with mm-hmm. each other, you know, and that creates this individual little thing. I mean, my best friends have always been outside of the industry yeah. and I found they've given me great balance because mm-hmm. when I'm with them, I'm Lisa, right. you know, and I don't wear makeup and I get to be me and I kind of think it's almost bad when the girls try to only make friends in the industry. Well, because life isn't all about being on set and wearing makeup and, mm-hmm. and shooting stuff. Yeah. You know, some of the apps are too much. I sat down with the people that run the Snapchat app. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I said to them, I had a very firm conversation with them. You know, I looked at someone's contract. Okay. And it's, they want them to update to make X amount of dollars because, of course, they're always dangling that carrot in this right. business. It's right. always about, you'll make this much money yeah. if you do this. And they tell the girls, you must update between 10 to 20 times a day, seven days a week. Wow. 
And I said, this is, first of all, you're making them employees. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you should be paying them as employees mm -hmm. and there should be health care and everything else. But nothing is safe to do seven days a week. And the fact that the carrot that you're dangling, because you don't want them to upload pre-shot content mm -hmm. two days a week. You know, and I said to them, like, it's too narcissistic. You're forcing them to have a phone in their face seven days a week, mm -hmm. chatting at the, these fans and carrying on in this way to make X amount of dollars, but you're not letting them have a life. Yeah. And it's unhealthy to even ask the girl to be that celebrity right. seven days a week. Yeah. And I said, you guys are really walking on the fine line. I have every will to take this to the state of California, this contract, and say, is this legal? And if so, can they be paid as employees? And right. can they be getting some money into their social, in, in some health care and other things? And they just looked at me like, and I'm like, you know, why is this business treated different than anything else? Yeah. I mean, if you're in SAG, which I am, the union, you have, you work so many hours. If you work late, you get overtime, then you can't come back for another 12 hours. Like there's rules in place for a reason. Yeah. And these sites, and also I sat with them and said, are you teaching the talent what they need to be doing to produce these scenes? Are you having them check tests? Do they know how to properly check tests? Are you having them fill out paperwork? And the guy says to me, well, you know, that's not my responsibility. You know, that's on them. I said, well, you're making them producers. And some of these girls are 18 and 19 years old. They don't know what it's like to be a producer. What is the mental health cost to play a role seven days a week, mm -hmm. 365 days a year. I say it's detrimental. You lose yourself. That's you who I was. I was, when I was in the industry, I was just Jenna Presley. And I think that's a huge part of the reason why I turned to drugs because it was like an escape. Of course it was. One thing that fascinates me about your life though, is that you've always had that separation. Like I know things about you that you do, like you do charity work, you have your book, you're a blogger. Like you do so many incredible things outside of the industry. You're serious satellite radio show, which I know you love your sports. What is the thing outside of the industry that you're most passionate about? Definitely sports. Yes. And I will say, I'm so glad that this little hobby, like every day I say to one of my friends, mm -hmm. Can you believe this hobby has turned into a gig? Yeah. And now the gig is like open, unlimited. I'm getting more and more work with Sirius. I'm doing other things with other fantasy sports sites and I'm writing and it really is at the pivotal point where it's gonna turn into a full-time gig. I and that. I love my bosses. I've been with the company since 2013 and they're just great people. They're yeah. happily married, good family people who live in a completely different mindset of yeah. what I've been exposed to. Yeah. So that whole, that hobby has been great. And then knowing also that you have to divide your lives. Yes. Okay. You cannot. And I did it. You remember I was married in my twenties yeah. and he and I traveled on the road together. And I'll say one of the reasons that probably didn't work is because we didn't divide our lives. Okay. He enjoyed partying with the girls. Mm -hmm. He enjoyed us bringing girls back to our hotel. And maybe in the nineties, that was a fun phase of my life. But looking at it now, that would have never worked long term. Right, and that's right. why it didn't work because it was putting too much in my zone. It was constantly being Lisa Ann and constantly yeah. having people around me that wanted to talk to me about being Lisa Ann. Yeah. I was like, ugh. Yeah. So it's about, you know, having your own identity. Why do people look at this career any differently than any other? Right. You know, because of what the public thinks, because we feel isolated. No, it's what you make of it. Right. But 
again, I was raised by an alcoholic father. I know what it's like. I know about abuse and substance abuse and all those things. So probably the triggers that scared me in the business were good for me Yeah. because I was so afraid of, oh my gosh, that's going to be me and that's going to be me. So I just stayed away from everything and everybody. Right. You know, the first couple of years, I didn't even go to award shows, um, events. I was just kind of a little bit afraid of everybody because when I did go once or twice, I was like, wow, these people really party. Yeah. Like, like yeah. really, like to a point that I didn't understand. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought Why do you weed. think that is now though? So I think the drug use is really just an escape. You know, my escape was always that adventure, that wanting to travel, that wanting to get out and do things. But when we start seeing people shooting 10, 20, 25 days a month, that is so grinding on the yeah. psyche. It's so, it takes from your soul. You know, it's something that I've never let myself shoot more than five days a month. And yeah. two is really my sweet spot. But there was a moment where I, I had to cancel a bunch of shoots for something. And I remember I shot like 10 days in one month. And I remember sitting there at that time and thinking, yeah, I kind of get it. I'm not tempted to do it, but I get it. Yeah. It's the only way to completely disconnect. And that's what you're looking for. And that's where the drugs and alcohol come in. Yeah. You know, we're seeing a lot of cutters right now in the business. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And so that's been something for me. So that's beyond my generation. Yeah. We didn't do that. So when I first started to see it, I didn't know how to address it. And I've met some girls where it's really bad, like they on their legs, on their arms. And so I just feel the need to ask them, have you gone to see somebody about this? Because this is just something that you want to talk to somebody about. Understand it. Because yes. maybe at that time of feeling pressure, maybe it was financial. And maybe because you're making money right now, you're not feeling that pressure. Yeah. But you did something to scar yourself. So you need to find a way to process that information and know that when you face your next struggle in life, because struggles come and go. Yes. No life is ever without them. Right. That you don't fall back into that. And that's something where it's like, that's the work we need to do. And I tell all the girls this now, money is power. Yeah. The most powerful thing you can do is sort your own mind. Mm -hmm. So seeing a counselor once a week, whether it's online or whether it's in person is great money spent. It's like a mental massage and it's, it's key for us Mm -hmm. because of what we do. Is that what you do to remain mentally strong? Because you have a strength that most women in the industry just don't have. I read a lot, mm-hmm. uh, a ton. I watch a ton now. You know, now you don't even have to go anywhere. You can watch all these awesome speakers on YouTube, right? and TED Talks, and it's about not overanalyzing your identity as a porn star mm-hmm. and just looking at yourself as a human being. Mm-hmm. And how can you be your best? Yeah. You know, thinking about the things that make us our best, being a part of our community. Mm-hmm. You know, being good with our friends. You know, none of it's really about money. At the end of the day, you really realize in life the only thing you're going to take with you is those relationships and they're the most important things you can cultivate and when you're not working on yourself you don't build lifelong friendships mm-hmm. I totally agree and I know there was a time recently that you took a break from the industry you were in after porn ends too and that's when we reconnected um, you did a lot of soul-searching during your time when you left the industry what did that process look like for you I started with making a goal to read a book a week so for a year I read a book a week and wow. some weeks I did more that's impressive. because I would thank you and it's yeah. safe saved my life because I was going through a really dark time. You know, you know what it's like when you leave the industry. Uh, The voices on the internet changed towards you and now people are hateful towards you. The people that you thought were your friends in the business, you come to realize were only nice to you because they made money off of you and they don't respond to you or they don't reach out to you. And so you're left for the first time just really being still. Yeah. I went through all of that and it was a great experience. And, you know, coming back to the business this time, 
has been more interesting than ever because I'm using it as a tool to do the things that I need to do. Right. But I'm finding less desire to be there than I ever had. Yeah. I enjoy it, but it's arbitrary. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten spoiled by working around just good spirited people. Mm -hmm. And now stepping back in, it's like, I'm tired of being on set and having endless conversations about girls asking me what's wrong with me because I don't escort. Yeah. I finally got harsh about it. And I said to a girl a couple weeks ago, I said, is your life really better than mine? Let me ask you, me, you escort. And you're trying to tell me I should be escorting. Is your life better than mine? Because I think my life is great. Mm -hmm. There's only so much money I need. Right. I don't share myself alone with anybody that I'm not intimate with. Set is very different, I feel, because there's people, we're making a production, it's yeah. a scene, it's for your fans, it's, it's got all of this, right? But escorting has just never been my jam. Yeah. And then I have to sit and look at the girl that's asked me this that I'm working with and think, is she a safe escort? Right. No, that's Does so true. And that's condoms? scary. What am I putting myself yeah. up to right now? Yeah. Am I freaking out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm freaking out. Yeah. So it's just the carelessness of people's attitude. Yeah. And the conversation that I have not had at all for the three-year span where this wasn't my life. Mm -hmm. So being that I'm at this crossroads where I have this opportunity to really take my sports radio career to the next level, mm -hmm. I'm truly ready. Yeah. This was a great experiment for me. I realized I've grown out of some things. Mm -hmm. I've realized the business has changed incredibly. Um, and I've realized that people are, you know, it's different now. I mean, I'm on pass. I'm working with FSC. I'm trying to be on the boards because that's something I would like to do. But it's just made me think, like, are these the thoughts you need to be having at yeah. this point in your life? No. And all great reasons yeah. to say, not my jam anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that porn um, encourages human trafficking? I do. You know, I think porn is since the internet has yeah. had a lot of negative effects. Yeah. I mean, there's the couples that I meet on the road that come in that enjoy my movies and there's that where I'm like, oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. But that might be a five to a 10%. Yeah. I think it's changed the reality for young men because it is so accessible and because the scenarios that Brazzers has us do is so believable yeah. that in their weird minds, because they've been watching so young and there hasn't been any sneak to it, they haven't been forced to realize that they aren't 18, they shouldn't be watching and all they have to do is click the box that says they are. Yeah, exactly. And so what I think that's done is I think it's really affected the sexual history of these young people. And I think older men, Epstein, you know, is a great example of this. And now we're going to watch this case unfollow. People with money are doing these things. Yeah. And then young people are confused by these things. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned from young women that I'm mentoring in my travels that aren't involved in the industry is I'm realizing that young people are having less sex than ever. And young girls have been shied off from one or two experiences that they felt were violent and that I explained to them just came from porn. Yeah. The wow. choking, the smacking, smacking hair the pulling. spitting. Yeah. That's not, you know, and for a young girl who's 16, that's what the 16-year-old boy's been watching. Mm. So the first time he has sex with her, he chokes her and she doesn't know why. Yeah. And she doesn't know what to do about it. And so they're having either sex with girls or they're not having sex at all. Yeah. And so I think what we've allowed our kids to watch and what we've we've failed here in LA because it's what we produce. Right. We how, failed. How could we protect like young people from being exposed to pornography? 
I do think that parents have to be more diligent about their internet provider. They can put yeah. lockers on their provider. They can be looking into their phone. They could be making them have a login of only 18 and up sites. There are ways. Yeah. But I think what's happening is parents are catching on way too late. You know, I just read a great book about internet addiction and it talked about young people going into rehab for porn addiction before 16 years yeah. old because the adrenaline that they felt was next level than the adrenaline from a video game. And so it became yeah. addicting and they didn't know why they're not, their brains aren't really processing, but it feels some way yeah. and then they're glued to it. And so their parents aren't looking at, okay, every night, if you have a teenager, you have to look at everything they looked at every day. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it seems like a lot of work, but if the browser was on one page for two hours and your kid was on an adult site for two hours, that's destructive. Yes. And so it's our responsibility that we failed and we were making content we shouldn't be and it's something that I'm fighting everywhere I can. You know, in the debate that I just did at the Oxford Union in London, I had to debate against Dr. Ruth, which was awful because I love her so much. <laughs> yes. And she was pro that people should be able to access porn wow. and that they should start bringing porn into schools to educate young people about sex. Yeah. So I was the last speaker and I stood up and I said, this is no disrespect to anybody who believes this would be a good idea, but I think you don't realize what's being shot. I don't think you realize the content. Let me explain to you what is being shot and what is being shown. And so once I did that, everyone was just, it's real. They're dis disrespectful to women. They're degrading. I'm really beside myself on all the incestual play in the industry right now. And what I've done is I've gone to the biggest producers, the biggest companies, and I've said, before you ask a girl to take a scene like this, mm -hmm. you should have her psychologically evaluated. Right. Because right. what if this is trauma that she's already been through? Wow. She's 18. You're making her do a weird daddy scene that she doesn't want to do. The guy is her actual father's age, and it stirs up something that happened to her in her childhood. Yeah. We are not asking these things, and why are we putting it out there? And, and I'm just forcing it and forcing yeah. it. I'm also talking to more talent and saying, you can stand up for yourself and say, please take me off the list from anything incestual I don't feel good about. I had a couple things taken out of my scripts, but it's important to be real about it. And there's no mature voice that's still active in the business mm -hmm. that wants to stay around because once people succeed, they move on. Yeah. Exactly. Or once people get out, they hate it because yeah. it was bad to them. Yeah. I want to be present, even though I may not be shooting forever. I want to be present voice saying, hey, I saw this scene you guys just released. I think it's completely unnecessary. It's enough that we are isolated as porn stars. Now you're morally compromising our moral compass right. on a daily basis, allowing the world to think we think that's okay. Yeah. They don't know that these girls get the script the same day of the shoot. And the only reason they give it to them the same day is because they don't want them to have an opinion. Yeah. I love that you create boundaries too. That's something that I think a lot of women that come into the industry, probably men included, especially when you come in young, you don't know how to set these clear boundaries. Of course not. Well, you know, boundaries aren't something that are really offered in the industry. And I think it depends where you landed first, who your agent is. If you met a male performer, cause some people might flat out tell some of these girls, you don't have a say. You have to do what's told of you. And I think there's a lot of that. Let's face it, this business does not welcome in the educated, strong woman. Right. And when I say to you that my visit this time has been the most interesting, the entire business is acting like I'm not here. I don't have people calling me for interviews. I'm not going to any of the award shows because I'm trying to express to young girls like, hey, listen, you're gonna spend a ton of money 
that you don't want to to go to these shows. You're going to be stressed out all day and all night. Mm -hmm. And what are you going for? To be judged and analyzed? Stay home and do a wellness trip. Go to a yoga retreat. Do something else. These awards aren't going to change your life. Right. Nothing about this really matters. Right. And I just think those shows really push girls. They do. Anyone who's on a balance, like, really, I've seen girls. We have a ton of ODs during those shows. A ton of really bad things. Yeah. I think it's the the trophy that if you win the trophy, it kind of makes you feel like what you're doing with your life is, um, somewhat of now an accomplishment. Sure. sure. You've been validated. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that, that's why I always admire you because the way that you view life, the way that you view, um, the adult industry, it's just, it's so unique and it's so different. And I think that if anybody has the power to change it, that it's you. And that's why so. people are probably like, you know, they're really it's, it's shocking. Yeah. It's so shocking, girl. I thought everybody would be super excited. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. Like she's gonna talk to girls. She's gonna. But what I want to be is just also an influence. Yeah. I'm thrilled to have this gig with Sirius, and I see so many girls on social media just being negative about, oh no, I'm I'm so discriminated against. I'm so isolated. I'm so this. And yes, there is that. But here I am working for Sirius XM. Don't you guys realize this? You give people hope. You know, yeah. And there are companies out there that, you know, I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with my bosses and I said, I just want to let you know how much gratitude I live in for being a part of this whole organization. The experience with the people that I've gotten to meet has changed me permanently because now I see value in relationships way more than money. Right. And they said, well, and I said, and also you guys were very forward thinking to take on a porn star. And my boss said to me, Lisa, you've never canceled a show. You're always incredibly prepared. You love what you do. You're a great promoter. That's how we see you. Mm -hmm. All of this other stuff is completely irrelevant mm -hmm. to us. And I, that's who you need to meet. And those people are out there. Yeah. So I want to be hope. Yeah, and you are because your identity isn't found in being a porn star. Like you're so much more than that. And so it's so easy for people to look at you and to talk to you and to see you as more than just the porn star because you have so much more to you. So I know the next five to 10 years for you, obviously there's gonna be a whole lot of serious satellite radio. What else, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? My book will be finished by the end of this year, my second book. I'd like to continue writing and traveling. I'd like to do more speaking engagements. Yeah. And I realize that my full-time life will be with Sirius XM. I love that. And I like that you're showing people just like, you know, there's a fantasy aspect yeah. to porn and people really look at it as reality. What would you say to the wife who maybe her husband watches porn and he loves Lisa Ann and she feels just inadequate, she's insecure and she feels like, you know, I could never match up to her beauty or to her sex scene. Like, how would you encourage that woman? That's a really tough spot because yeah. I think porn should be something that a couple really talks about before they get into a serious relationship. Yeah. And I think it is something that they should be sharing together or at least she should be aware of it shouldn't yeah. be sneaking because it right. is to me somewhat of a form of cheating right and it is also using that sexual energy when it's not sharing it with your partner which is not cool either so she has to be more comfortable with herself and the only way to do that is by doing couples retreats mm -hmm. and by getting more into each other because right. the more into each other they are the more sh less intimidated she'll feel but also he needs to have some cognizance. He needs to right. be aware. He needs to understand that maybe what he's doing is, is making her feel weak. Mm -hmm. So each time you bring something in, it does have risk. Yeah. So it's not always the greatest thing to be bringing it in. 
Right. That's that's wise. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, last question. What would you say to maybe the woman who resembles my former self, who is in the industry, she's, you know, on drugs, suicidal thoughts, depressed. Like, how would you encourage this woman? And do you feel like the industry is right for her? I do not feel the industry is right for anyone who's struggling with themselves. Mm-hmm. You have to have a clear hold on your own existence. Yeah. You have to know who you are and know who you aren't. And if you don't know those two things, you can't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. I feel it's a very toxic world for anyone who is still struggling with an identity issue. And I feel it's way too easy to get drugs in the business for you to be around this environment. So that's when I really try and talk people out. I mean, you know, I've talked a lot of girls out of the business. Yeah. It's not that I'm, I don't want them in the business. It's that it's just not right for you right now. And by the time you feel better about yourself and your situation, you probably won't want to come back. Right. Right. Once you get to know who you are, you realize this isn't for me at all. This isn't who I am. Even coming back this time, I've said to myself, like, even though producing my own stuff and I'm like, but it's interesting. I still love sex. Yeah. I still love being a part of this, but this really isn't who I am anymore. Yeah. Wow. So I said the last question was the last, but something just a uh, little memory. I saw on Insta story, you were recently at a show and you filmed by the Jesus Loves Porn Star booth. And because this is triplexchurch.com, um, I just want to know your thoughts on the Jesus, the infamous Jesus Loves Porn Star booth and the Triple X Church. I think it's fantastic, but I think we need to discuss it further. I think we need to educate more people on what it's about. Yeah. I think we need to spread it a little bit wider um, into maybe some strip clubs and some of the, the arteries that I'm still working because I'm really seeing that the new girls that I'm meeting at strip clubs are really more willing to learn and be great humans right. than I've ever seen. They're not doing drugs or drinking. And so I would love to know how I could use the church more and introduce the church to more people because those are the girls that will watch out for the other girls that are struggling. We have Bibles that say Jesus loves strippers. We have the strip church. So we have about a hundred networks going into strip clubs and just spreading, you know, the love of God and really sharing with people that if, you know, if you do need help and if you do want out, like we are here for you. So we do have that and I can definitely provide yeah, you. Yeah, I want to be on, on point with that because I'm starting to get like one or two girls in each city that's keeping in touch with me. And now they're kind of being like little me's and they're like, you know, I'm worried about this one girl. And I'm like, okay, well, does anybody there know her friends or her family? You know, maybe you should have an intervention for her just to let her know you care. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a pleasure so having nice. you, and I could talk to you forever. But we'll do this again. <laughs> well, we have to. We, we have will. to. So I love you so much, and I thank you, you so for happy joining how me your today. Life has played out. There's thank nothing you. that makes me happier. Thank you, and I'm honored and blessed to have you still in my life. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for your random texts with encouragements. I love those, and I just love you dearly. I love you too. Thanks for listening to The Examine Podcast. Head on over to triplexchurch.com for more information on all things porn and purity. And make sure to check out the hashtag ExaminePodcast on social media to connect with Brittany and to continue having real and raw conversations about porn and purity.